Yo, the podcast people, it's the one and only legend of winning. AKA, AKA Low. Face says, Yo, my podcast people, the NBA Finals has finally started off and uh, got us something a little interesting going on, you know what I'm saying? We're recording this right after game two, hopefully, and more likely it will be, this um will be definitely up by Monday, so you'll get our thoughts and what we think about what's going on, but before we get into all that, your agent, tell me what's up. Say, you're not going to congratulate me, my guy? You're not no congratulations? With what? I have the waviest whip in the city no, right now. Don't. I'm not going to get a congratulations. No. Agent, just say what's Damn, up. Damn, that's crazy, bro. I already, that's I already crazy. told you how I feel about your car. Yeah, yo, Lo is a world class hater. That's why everybody says that about you, my guy. You're a world class hater, my guy. <laughs> that car How's it going, is podcast so, people? It's so the one trash. and only it's trash. One and only legend of winning, aka Lo, and we're back at it again with another video giving your opinions and I watch too much of your videos, bro. I could basically run your channel and people will have no idea. That's how much I watch your shit. No, you would, you, would, you would have to you would have to know more about basketball before you can run my channel. Oh, <laughs> zinger, <laughs> good one. I mean, Lo. that's just a fact. What you a would fan. have to. You would have to know a little bit, not a little bit more. You Lo, would have to know a lot more. You have to know a lot more. I, ha- I know more basketball no, you than don't. you. You really don't. Though I know don't. way more. Ba- don't. don't get me started don't. on this. But you don't. Are you going to say what's up though? Like what's what's going on? I said hi. I said, well, first of all, I'm waiting on your congratulations. Can I get it? I'm not going to congratulate you on getting a terrible car. Not say that back. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell that back. I'm not going to congratulate you on getting a car. A pretty. I, I, don't, I don't think the car is bad. Not like that. But for you to wrap the car in that trash hey, ass shit, that shit trash. What? That is trash. Oh, uh, see, this this why low low likes red Hondas. Red Honda Accords from 1999. That's Lowe's preference. It's good. No, you could have okay, just Lo. kept it black or whatever. You could have kept it black, though, black oh, and white. Oh, Low, did you did you watch it, man? I said I wanted to be unique, my guy. See, that's, you don't understand, Low. You don't understand, bro. I'm trying to I'm trying to be. You know, I want the car. Does anybody have a car like that? Mm-mm. Why is that? Because it's my car. Because it's trash. Exactly. Because it's what's trash. going on, people? That's uh, why. That's why. Yo, did you call a sweep? What was your prediction before we got started? I think I said five. I don't think okay. we. I don't I think, think, I I don't think we five. ever like like said it on the podcast. But before the um series started, I thought it was gonna be five. And low key game one probably would have been the only game they would have won. I disagree. I, I think they can. I think they will take one at home. I don't know. After after the way they lost in game one, we might as well get into it since we like kind of just alluding to it. So I'm pretty sure we all know what happened in game one. You know what happened, though? Break it down. All right, cool. All right, cool. All right, all right. Let me spit. Let me spit. So, game one come out. This man, LeBron, he doing his LeBron thing. Matter of fact, let me let me let me take that back. He's doing like another level of LeBron thing. Like I, I don't, I've never seen no one play that well in the finals since like early two thousand. Michael. Shaq. No, early early two thousand. Shaq was was ridiculously dominant. <laughs> That's the that's the last time I've seen somebody perform that dominant and be that great in the NBA Finals to the point where like I would I would borderline say the only way he could have had a better game is if he didn't if if is if he didn't miss any shots. That's how great of a game LeBron had in Game One. I don't think Shaq ever had a performance as good as what LeBron did in Game One uh, in the Finals. I'll, I'll 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 look it up just so I can prove you wrong because I know for a fact Shaq did. However. So, so really, I'm, I'm kind of set, setting every, everything up though. Has a great game, 
dominant, in my opinion, on both sides of the floor, making the right passes, knocking down shots, keeping his keeping the um, team in it. Shout out to K Love because he did have a double double night, if I'm not mistaken. It was 20 and 10. Kevin Love is carrying, am I right? George, Isn't he carrying. Stop. stop. <laughs> George Hill has a solid night as well, and with KD having an off night, that is. I mean that is a recipe for the, for the for the Cavaliers to steal a game on the road. That is the recipe that would need to happen, and they end up losing the game. I don't want to point no fingers at an individual player because there was a lot of things that happened leading up into this moment. But in the fourth quarter, in a very close game, LeBron gets called. Well, first it was a charge, and they overruled it because for whatever reason they felt like they could. Look at the replay, which is inaccurate, but then they overruled it and gave Kevin Durant the foul, or gave LeBron the foul, and put Kevin Durant on the free throw line. Before was, you move forward, go go. NBA players didn't know that rule existed. Plenty of NBA players like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, there's, I mean, Donovan Mitchell were all on Twitter like, what? That's a rule? We've never seen that. And that was the first time ever since the rule has been introduced a couple years back that it's ever been used, and it was in the NBA Finals on a questionable call. In my opinion, I think LeBron was still moving, but I think he was in perfect defensive position. Low, to make, to do something that catastrophic as to, for the first time ever, especially in the NBA Finals, reverse a call like that, you know, previously they were only able to reverse calls if you were or weren't in the restricted area when they looked at you. But they saw... They said a charge, they switched it to uh, a charge, and everybody was losing their minds. And of course, we'll talk about as well in game two, the referees were wilding. I, I, for the first time in a while, I could see a team complain about referees and be like, yeah, you know what, they're probably right about it. Because a lot of the times, it's always just fans like, oh, we should have got that call and this call. But in hindsight, everything is 50-50, and the refs are calling it right down the middle. But that was insane. Low, I know. Look at Low pretends like he knows everything there is to know about basketball, right? He has, he's not humble whatsoever at all. Even he didn't know that this call existed, all right? So, Low, I don't want to hear you say that you did, but I found that to be very interesting. No, but I, I agree with you, though, that even though, yeah, the, the, that technically speaking, they could have done it. But the, the problem is, like you said, to do something that, that monumental and precedent in the NBA Finals, that doesn't, that's the part that's, that's ridiculous. And right. for him so, not to be anywhere near close to the restriction area, and they still went by and go that—that's the reason why. Like, why would you even pull that out at this moment? When I, I honestly don't even think that the referees thought there was something they could have done until they actually talked it over with one another. Yeah, that—that—that's the part where I'm—I'm kind of confused at. And realistically so, speaking, that is something that should have been utilized. Multiple times, not just through the playoffs, <laughs> but in the regular season. So, and and that's probably yeah. the biggest problem I have with it is that how many times have we seen in the playoffs in the regular season where they've gone back and reviewed something, and they've never utilized this part of the rule to overrule something that they made a mistake on in the first place. And and that that's the part to me that doesn't make any sense on that play. However, though, I agree. They go down on the other end. LeBron finds George Hill, if I'm not mistaken, because I think that's what the, what that's that's what the play was. George Hill was cutting back door. Clay Thompson fouls him, sends him to the free throw line. At this point, at this moment, we're talking about less than less than five seconds on the clock. George Hill goes up, makes the first free throw to tie the game, and 
A very important free throw that George Hill must make. So this is also important as well because, again, I do not want to blame just one player. However, though, George Hill misses the second free throw. The player who who seems as if he was about to be, he, he went from hero to GOAT, to scapegoat in one play is ridiculous. J.R. Uh-huh. Smith somehow, some way is the player who gets the rebound over a seven-foot Kevin Love. I mean, a Kevin Durant. Gets the rebound, could have went back up, drawn a foul, but you never know. The rest may may swallow their whistle. Goes to the mid-range, and I thought for a second he was going to turn around and shoot the ball. But then he goes all the way back to the three, and I'm like, I don't know if they got enough time to reset, but I really don't know what's going on. (laughs) Then he makes his way almost to the half-court line. Mind you, like I stated before, before George Hill missed that free throw, we're talking about less than five seconds. By the time J.R. Smith grabbed the rebound, ran to the half-court line, and turned around to pass it, the buzzer had already sound off. I don't... I just, I, it's probably one of the most absent-minded plays I have seen in my life, let alone in the NBA Finals. Nah. In the NBA Finals, maybe, but I've seen crazier. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying... I said one of. I'm not saying the most. I'm not. It's definitely not the most. It's it's one of the most absent-minded plays I've seen in my life and probably the most absent-minded play I've seen in the NBA Finals. But the 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 thing that's even crazier, though, is what what the... I guess I don't know if his backlash he was receiving, which is why he kind of switched up his story, but J.R. Smith has switched up his story multiple times on what that exactly was a lie. happened. Yeah, and the postgame, that was easily... Everyone knew he was lying. There's no reason to pull that back unless you think that you're leading in the game, right? This The way he was running back, you would have thought he was passing to LeBron. The second he kept it, we're like, what? Does Jared think he's... But interestingly enough, as funny as the memes are... And, uh, and they're funny. You, you know how it is. They're funny as hell. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of been crazy. And it's even carrying over to this game in Game 2 where he was at the free throw line and the Golden State Warrior fans were yelling MVP almost as if to troll him. So as funny as all of that is, we let's let's look at the facts. What's a higher percentage shot? The George Hill free throw or going up on Kevin Durant? Now you could maybe you know, like a fifty percent chance of hitting that. George Hill missed a free throw for the win. So it's funny. Let's poke fun and make our memes, and it's the internet. Do your thing. But at a certain point, if we're gonna start to point blame and distribute who did what and what. We could always go back to the first quarter that led to this, and then the momentum led to this, and this happened. But George Hill missed a free throw. And I know some people are bringing it up and almost as if to, to defend Jarrah Smith in some situations. But it's, it's called a free throw. The shit is free. And you had it there, and they could have won it. And of course, we, that's without going into the fact that it was overtime, right? It's not like they lost the game because of that. Now it's overtime, and you have a chance to win the game, and the Cavaliers couldn't. So there's that as well, but damn it, JR just makes it so easy for people to make him the scapegoat, like the target of like, you know, he'll, he actually shot pretty poorly. I think he was two for nine last I checked, unless he shot some buckets after I stopped watching uh, with like three minutes left. JR was like two for nine in game two. And so he's not making it easy for himself, man. But uh, that was probably the most entertaining thing. That could have possibly happened, though. For a guy who doesn't really care what happens in the NBA Finals, because none of my teams are in it, I just want it to be entertaining. I want it to be fun. And that was quite possibly the best thing that could have happened next to, like, 
uh, a LeBron James three with the time winding down a double overtime at the buzzer over both Kevin Durant and Curry, right? I'll take it, man. Shout out J.R. Smith, man. He's a very entertaining fella, to say the least. Yo, I'm not going to lie, though. J.R. Smith, he is in the running for finals MVP. He he's coming what? he's coming in clutch. Oh, you're for the talk Warriors, about the Warriors. Bro. Yeah, he's coming in clutch for the war. I'm not gonna lie, man. The clutch save, the clutch rebound in, in game one, and then he shows up really nice and prominent shooting two for nine for the Cavs. He might win finals MVP for the Warriors. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then game one goes into overtime. And in my opinion, at that point, I mean because even as I was watching the game, I, I was so I was upset. I was I was frustrated. I couldn't even. I don't think I could even. I don't think I finished overtime because then they had the whole little back and forth when the re- the refs were trash. We got to talk about that too. That the refs let the, the game continue to go on longer than it really needed to because they started to call um, tic tac fouls and instead of just allowing the clock to just rule all the way out, they let it sit for two seconds left on the on the clock. It was ridiculous. Um, and then the whole altercation happened between Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. That escalated to a point where I don't think it should have. But game one, in a nutshell, in my opinion, was probably their best chance to win a game in that series because I I just don't I don't see how that all of those things are going to happen even with the Cavs on the on um on uh, at home even when the Cavs are at home I don't see how all of those things are going to happen. I think they'll just get better calls, right? So I mean, it's it's not it's not crazy science. Teams win more at home for plenty of reasons. One, they have the crowd behind them. Two, you know, when they're at the free throw line, they don't have to deal with all the ruckus. And remember, like, when Tony Parker broke up with uh, Eva Longoria? Like, they used to have photos of her behind the free throw line when he was shooting free throws just to distract him. So, like, all the distractions and all the stuff that could potentially impede your momentum out the way, you also get better calls at home. So, I mean, I don't know. You could talk about the science and psychology behind why the fuck that happens. But if we're going to talk about referees, though, did you know, because they said this in the broadcast, and I had no idea until it was mentioned, that they grade every single call every ref makes ever, but they only ever released the final two minutes. So I think it was Jeff Van Gundy, who, oh, by the way, is always complaining in every broadcast. I love every, it. He's every, always... broadcast, every broadcast is <laughs> complaining. I think today one of the things he complained about was... Um, fouling people on on a fast break and how I agree injury. with him on that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mind it either. But it's, that's just that's that's Van Gundy. That that's not even Jeff. That's just a Van Gundy thing. That is a Van because Stan Van Gundy does the same thing as well. Yeah, that's that goes without a doubt. If if they want fast paced offense and exciting basketball, he made a good point. Why are we rewarding people who are actively and, and intentionally fouling? Um, but yeah, so they if they grade every call, and we know how there's a ref, there's a system. That lets referees advance based on merit. And so you would think that when you're at the NBA Finals, you have the best of the best when it comes to the referees. I even saw some guys that are predominantly NFL viewers talking like, oh man, NFL referees aren't even this bad. I'm like, what? Listen, I stopped watching the NFL once Peyton Manning retired, but before that, I was heavy into the NFL. And those referees were awful, low. Like, don't even get me started on Des Bryant calls. But just... The, the, the tic-tac, the lack of inconsistency when it came to pass interference. If you don't even begin to tell me NFL referees are better than NBA referees, all right? It's just I refuse to believe that that's the case. Uh, but that argument aside, it is so bad, though, that dozens 
of players in the NBA that are out of the playoffs or didn't even make it in the playoffs are actively either confused or complaining on behalf of the Cavaliers that the Warriors are getting every single call. And I, I mean, I get we're in an age where, you know, everybody's popping off on Twitter, entertaining, retweet, retweet, retweet. But that is crazy to have players in the NBA, Jeff Van Gundy himself in the broadcast. Everybody is challenging the NBA and the NBA is perfectly cool with it. A lot of leagues, a lot of organizations and businesses, whenever somebody is criticizing what they do, especially on a platform that they provide for them, Jeff Van Gundy is on national TV doing it. They're usually just silence, but the NBA just kind of rolls with it. They let people say what they will and they make the adjustments. So, I mean, I don't know how we got to this point, but I mean, but shout out but, to- I mean it, it don't matter how we got it, but it is, it's a very interesting point because I think the problem with the refs and I guess I guess it is a problem because it definitely has carried over also into game two. The the problems with the ref as it has carried over to game two is a lack of consistency from the calls. I think that's to me that's the most upsetting and frustrating part, regardless if you're watching it or even if you are a player as well. To just know that you're calling it one way in one game or on one side of the floor, and then on the other side of the floor you're not calling it the exact same. It, to me, that that's the part where it just doesn't make any sense. And the reason why it's so interesting is because in the playoffs and in the finals, they allow them to get a little bit more aggressive. So there are certain things that you would just expect and anticipate to get away with. But then when you get called for it, and then on the other hand, when and Draymond is definitely I ain't, Dr- Draymond has been so handsy throughout this entire series. I don't know how he's getting away with the stuff he gets away with from time to time, but. It's just so many times where I, f- I personally feel like people are getting, they're just getting fouled and no, they're not calling it. And then on the other hand, there are certain calls where I'm like, I don't, that's, that's not a, that's not a foul. If we, if you didn't call what was just on the other side of the floor. And if, if for me, that that's probably the biggest problem with the referees right now. Well, part of it might just be like, they might be at a different angle. So, uh, <clears throat> I used to referee, uh, I used to referee a little bit for both wheelchair basketball and regular basketball, weirdly enough. And uh, there's actually like a... So there's different referees are placed at different <clears throat> at different parts of the court. And they all have certain responsibilities based on where they're placed. And, you know, if you're collegiate, it's going to be different. If you're an NBA, of course, it's going to be a lot more complicated and different. But the way that I was taught to do it is usually you just focus on the shit that you're supposed to do. And you don't always have a great angle on it, especially if it's crowded and it's in the paint, but you have to make the correct call anyway. And so while we're watching it from a broadcast view and we kind of have a a bird's eye and then we can slow it down and slow-mo and really analyze and then go, yup, they got it wrong. In real time, it's kind of difficult to make those decisions, especially, and then then sometimes you, you miss it and then you're like, no, that was, and then you call it and you're like, oh, look at this guy doing all these late calls. So I get the pressure on them. We all understand it, but we would just assume that if you're the best at what you do, refing, then you know you would get some more calls right, and you'd be a little bit more consistent with it. Um, I didn't see like there was there was the occasional play where they were just blatantly wrong, and Twitter would light them up for that, especially because it felt like they were uh, leaning towards the Warriors when it came to favoring which side, right? But a lot of what I seen throughout the whole thing, I think was. It's, it's more fair than I think is being portrayed, especially on Twitter, um, from what I've seen. Of course, I'm not a fan of either team, so, like, I'm not only remembering certain plays. And I've seen, like, you know, I, 
at the end of the day, uh, if you're a Cavalier fan and you're making excuses for the reasons you're losing, I'm sure refereeing is a part of it, and we can you can make an argument there needs to be more consistent calls, but there's bigger issues, and it's within the team itself. It's not the referee's problem. But, 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 because I'm a Raptors fan, low, uh, a lot of the times when the referees make bad calls, the Raptors just start to crumble, and they get heated. They're like, well, what's happening? Uh, the Cavaliers keep it together. And so do the Warriors. And so in the midst of like, man, how could you miss that call? And you're furious. They calm it down. They get in control of their emotions. And then they get back out there on the floor. And so as a Raptors fan, I can respect that because you don't always see that when we're watching my team play. That being said, uh, I really hope the finals are entertaining, though. I hope it's not straight blowouts every which way like it was in game two. But uh, who knows, man? I hope it is too, but it, it kind of feels that way because in moving on to game two, I mean, when 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 you get to a point where in the first half, Kevin Love was just atrocious, and the second half he turned around, but for the most part, especially on the defensive end. He wasn't atrocious in the first half. Yes, he was, especially on the defensive end. The, the combination of his lack of lateral quickness on the defensive end and him just missing just shots that I feel like he's supposed to be making – and you take Come on, man. That was like two open corner threes. Two. Chill out. And, and, and you, you take into account that you're not getting that much productivity from the finals MVP, J.R. Smith. I, I don't, I just don't, I just don't see how they're going to win another game. So I want to ask you, Lo. Go ahead, go. Uh, why is he out there on the floor? Why is why is Clarkson out there on the floor? Why are the guys that aren't performing still on the floor? Which, which, is, what I, which is what I was going to get to. I think the biggest problem with. I don't. I. I. It's. It's kind of hard for me to really analyze LeBron in in a negative light because I really don't want to because how great he's playing. But I think, I think when a, and I've been saying this before, Le, LeBron's greatest strength ends up being his weakness, and that is LeBron has the ability to kind of just do everything. And so throughout the entire regular season, if you're coaching the Cavaliers or whatever team that LeBron is on in the nature or the idea that you have LeBron on your roster so you can just make him do everything, then it ends up marginalizing a lot of players and the lack of preparation is obviously seen from some players when they're not ready to attack and be aggressive in certain moments during the postseason and the NBA Finals. And that's simply because they just don't have the repetition throughout the regular season because, again, they overly depend on LeBron, which ends up hurting LeBron in a long stretch because those players end up being quote-unquote nobodies. I think a great example of this was uh, Victor Oladipo with the with Russell Westbrook last year how he was viewed as a quote-unquote nobody when the reality was that they just were um, misutilizing him and he just wasn't getting enough touches and he wasn't being brought... He wasn't I disagree integrated. with that because Oladipo was also bad on the Magic. No, he wasn't He wasn't bad on the Magic. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was. That's the he reason they moved him from he wasn't, next to he wasn't, he wasn't bad on the Magic, but um, they, he was they, they moved, bad on the Magic they moved, as he they was moved, on the They moved Tobias Harris. That team just doesn't know what they're doing, so that is a that's a poor argument. And if you if you look at his numbers on the Magic for the minutes that he was receiving, and when he was a, a starter, especially his last year on the Orlando Magic, he was not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. Any, he was an underwhelming player. He was, he was not. He was, he, was not under, he was not an underwhelming player. I don't know nah, what you're talking about. I remember about. when they switched him off no. of PG and put him at shooting guard. It was almost like we expected him to take the next step, and he never did. So I I, I, I agree I, with I, what you're I saying. No what you're I just think that's about. a bad example. I'm, oh wait, before before we keep going to the um Shaq thing, because before I go look up these Oladipo numbers, Shaq in game one of the 2000 finals against the Pacers, 43 points, 19 rebounds, three blocks, 
shooting 67% from the field. No, I, I get that. I know. We all know Shaq was a No, but, I, but I, what I'm player. saying is that's, I mean, from that game and then the next game, he had 40 points with 24 rebounds. No, I just think LeBron is, what we've seen in game one was the most dominant thing I've seen in I said, I said, I said is, since. I said since. I didn't say it, it was no, exact. I said since. I get that. I'm just saying that what LeBron did is more because because keep in mind the context of how we did it against who we did it. I just anyway. Um, sure, Lo, we'll agree with you. Yeah, it's since. 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 Yeah, I said since. Yeah, I said since. I would say since Michael, but all right. Uh, but you didn't even watch Michael, so keep, I don't know how how you would make that argument. So you didn't either. That's so, that's the reason. That's the reason why I didn't say Michael. Oh, okay. So you're not allowed to go back to times that you weren't. I said I, I literally said that's the most dominant game that I've seen since Shaq. That's what I literally but said. If, but if you go back and watch clips, then you've seen, right? Or does it have to oh be live? God. All right. In anyway, anyway, agent. But basically, what I'm saying, going back to the um, LeBron situation, because the players don't have reps in certain situations, they don't know what they're doing, which thus makes them look worse than what they actually are. Oh, um, players like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and I even believe Rodney Hood are not as bad as people are perceiving them. It's just that they don't have enough repetition on doing certain things that are necessary in the moments that they're on the floor. I don't like NBA that finals. excuse, though. I, I mean, it's not. I don't really think it's an excuse. I just think I think when, when you there's, there's too many case studies of players who've played with individuals. No, I get that. Such and as I LeBron. think I agree, I would have agreed with you if this was the regular season. But I I just seen Javale get like four minutes of playing game one. And immediately prove to him to prove to himself and Steve Kerr that he deserved to play. What do you know? He's starting in game two, and and he's the guy who never. I didn't even think he was going to touch the floor in the playoffs. I had no idea. But on top of like he onballed LeBron a few times and did a pretty decent job getting rebounds. He was fantastic on the pick and rolls. He proved him. He proved to himself, the team, and the coach that in in the minimal time he got to play, that he deserved to be there. Now, granted, what he does is dunks. And uh, what you're expecting say, some I, of these I was guys. About to say, this, this, so I, I get that, but sometimes I'm two different. I'm seeing Rodney Hood air ball when he gets in there. I'm seeing Jordan Clark. Jordan, why does Jordan Clarkson freely dribble the ball like he's not playing on the court with LeBron James? It's almost disrespectful when I see Jordan Clarkson put up another air ball but after he, air ball after turnover. He, here's, a, here's the thing that blows me away. One, um, one. Um, all those players I just named for the Cavs, they just, they've been on the team for what, like 20 regular season games, 20, 30 regular season yeah, games. So I get add, that. Add, I add get on top that. of the fact that the Cavaliers are not a team that practice a lot because how many veterans they have on their team. Add on top of the fact That's... that JaVel McGee has been on this team for two years now. And you add on top of the fact that McGee's role is just to set picks, run to the basket, get offensive rebounds. It's, it's not that difficult. I'll say this though about Clarkston. And, it is, and, by the way, don't it's, simplify it's, it like that. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's difficult, but it's not. It's not as difficult or as um as it, the, impl- the implications of him on their offense is not as important as a ball handler is for the uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But he's because that's he's how they often the key them. to freeing up a player like Stephen Curry or Clay Thompson in the corner or running rap. If you like, he's that guy setting the big body screens with Hall of Fame brick wall. Right? I, I mean, but, okay. But I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But Keep yeah, going. I'm saying is that he's setting screens. He's running to the basket, and, he, and if they miss a shot, he tips it back in, or they pass it to him for a dunk. Whereas if you're a ball handler on the Cavs, not only are you in, set in place to create for yourself, but other teams are being freed up as well. So you have to make the right decisions all the time. The problem with Jordan Clarkson, though, is that in the Lakers' offense, that's not how we ran offense. 
the offense was way more free-flowing. Everybody was still moving. And so Jordan Clarkson, when he was attacking, it was majority of the time it was he was attacking off of a player that was already off balance, a defender that was already off balance due to the player movement from the entire team. Clarkson is not somebody who has that much repetition of attempting to break somebody down just off of the dribble consistently enough for him to be a legitimate option coming off the bench the same way that you would see from Jamal Crawford, especially early on in his career. And so because of that, that is a problem with him. Rodney Hood is not a player who just stands in a corner and doesn't touch the ball for, you know, seven, eight possessions consecutively. And you think that he's a sharpshooter who's just going to catch the ball and be lights out the same way that Kyle Korver can but, do. But I see a player like Nick Young do it on a smaller scale, even if it's in garbage time. Something They put him in. In any time, but you're, and he but just you're still, but you're be- still, you're still missing what I'm saying. Well, Nick Young is also extremely streaky. He's the definition of streaky. But you're missing what what Rodney Hood. He does not touch the ball. He's not even active in the offense. With Nick Young, there's still player movement with him. He can still move freely and be in the rhythm of trying to catch and shoot and pull up. Whereas. Rodney Hood, you just need to stand in the corner and then just wait for and just can, continue to anticipate for it. I'm not necessarily saying I'm making excuses for it, but I I, it, I understand why Rodney Hood could go from the Utah Jazz and be a 16 to 17 point scorer and shoot 35 percent or better from behind the arc, especially when he had when he was that player when he was um going, and then go from that to not even receiving minutes really at any point of his time with the Cavaliers in the regular season or in the postseason as well. And there's a reason why when he was traded to the team, why many people were happy because they thought that he was going to implement some form of spacing along with energy on the defensive end, but that can't happen because the re- the reality is either a Rodney Hood was never really even that good of a player. It was the system that he was playing in in Utah that made him look better, especially on the defensive end as they utilized more team defense or B he just can't get in rhythm because he doesn't touch the ball and you sit him on the bench for like three games in a row or you only play him 10 minutes in the last three to four games and so he's not in rhythm. And so that's the I feel like you, you see the one of those two theories is the reason why they don't get that much um, out of their bench players. I get it. Uh, there was a there was an Instagrammer, a Twitterer, uh, Famous Lowe's, who put out a tweet that was like, uh, he basically put like a compilation of Jared Smith when he was in his prime he's like, yeah, hey, don't go on LeBron's team because he'll just turn you into a spot-up shooter. And uh, sometimes that's what you have to be when you're playing on a player like that, just to allow for some spacing. And you have to knock down the shots when it counts. And I think that's part of the problem is sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you have series like the Pacers where it pushes to seven, you almost lose. Or even like the Celtics where you have to win the last two just to come back and win against a team that had their two best players gone. And so I understand that, but... You could also quote like the Steve Novaks and the Jason Caponos of the world who Again, only ever did one thing. But you're naming, exactly, you're naming sharp shooters. You're naming players who that's all they've done throughout their entire careers. That's what but you're But if naming. you know you're going to be in that position, why isn't that something that you're practicing? Why isn't that something that you get efficient well, and proficient? Well, he didn't know that. He, he didn't, it's not like he got traded there. He knew that. He, he, yeah, tra- no, he no, knew no, that. He, well, the second he, he got, got there, he knew that. I know, but it's... It's again, but you're asking someone who, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that J.R. Smith should not have adapted to the situation, especially as he got older. But J.R. Smith, in the early part of his career, he wasn't just a spot up shooter. He was ext- he was way more athletic than he is right now. He could leap, he could finish around the rim, he attacked the basket, he hit mid range jumpers from time to time, and he created his own shot. So he wasn't. That's not who he was when he entered the NBA. 
And and to some p- people and to some players, you can indeed adapt, and it's easier for others. But to try to, and, I mean, that's like that's like saying why didn't why hasn't D Wade turned into a three point shooter? That's like saying why Carmelo Anthony hasn't turned into more of a spot up guy. That's like asking why a lot of players haven't adapted, and, and some players that's just not who they are as individuals. Nah, but guys like Rodney Hood and Clarkson were good three point shooters. Before they Clark, got to Clarkson that, was Clarkson was not a good three point shooter at the Lakers. He wasn't. He, he was man. Look, no, I remember he he uh, he when Clarkson was in his second year, man, I, or his third year. I'm always like, man, he's gonna be a better player than D'Angelo Russell. He had so much potential, and he, like he proved it to the Lakers, and he was easily one of the best, most valuable players. If you look at uh, his throughput compared to his salary. I just thought to myself, when he re-signed, he could have got a lot more because of how good he was. Then you, you have him come on to this team. And so I could see that sometimes. And especially if these players now, like the Clarksons and the Rodney Hoods, go to another team and do well, you might be able to have that argument. But the more I watch these games, low, I'm coming around to the idea that it, I can't even remotely ever put it on LeBron. These guys refuse to step up, and they have plenty of opportunities to do so. Here we have Kevin Love finally stepping up in the NBA Finals. These last two games, he's been making his shots. He's I, I'm going to use the word reliable. And so if Kevin Love can step up and do it, the rest of the team has to take the same note. Every, everybody, because everybody on the team is not as good as Kevin Love, as a side note. This is a side note. I, I, we, we know that. But all you got to do is spot up in the corner. Trevor Reza was never considered an incredibly good three-point shooter, but he's he's very efficient when he's shooting from the corner. Unless he's playing in the Western Conference Finals, in which case he goes over. I, I was about to say he just. I'm gonna say he, he he has streaky moments as well, and he's only efficient in the corner, like outside of that. I, and I think maybe on top of the key. But I wouldn't even label Trevor Reza as like a great three-point shooter either. And I, and and maybe and he's one of the players who have adapted, especially at his athleticism has slowed down a little bit because when he was younger, especially with the Lakers, he was definitely more athletic than he was back then. He is now, and that is obviously um to happen to a player when he get older. But like Clarkson, when he was with the Lakers, his first year he shot thirty one percent from behind the arc. His second year he shot thirty five. His third year he shot thirty three. And before he was traded, he was shooting thirty two. Clarkson was not a good three point shooter. That's he just wasn't. He and was, so, he was, uh, no, he wasn't. He was good. He, no, he was, no, he, was he wasn't. He, was. he finished his years with the Lakers shooting 33% from behind the arc. That is below average. I get that. But if we're going to do, if we're only going to look at numbers, my guy, Harden shoots 36%. But isn't he a his, fantastic his, 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 his volume is twice, some years, three times as much as Clarkson. Clarkson it has nothing to do with volume. It does. It has it does. to do it, with... It, it, it does, no. AJ. I don't know why you've been having this conversation. It has if nothing to do with volume. Yes, it, it has does. to do with shot difficulty. If you're... If you're he, and Clarkson wasn't shooting a difficult amount of three-pointers either because it, he wasn't even attempting that many threes to begin with. And it does have something to do with volume because if you're shooting two or three times as many shots as another player, but your efficiency is roughly around the same pace, then yes, it does have something to do with volume. But Clarkson why, was... Why would volume... Why if you shoot? What does that have to do anything with three point shooting? Low? Are you? I can't. I can't. What? I can't believe you're. So you're basically saying if someone are you saying if you attempt more shots, you're a better three point shooter? Is that what you're saying right now? If you attempt more shots while having the same efficiency as someone who's attempting fewer shots, then yes, you'll be deemed a better three point shooter agent. Why? If you just extrapolate statistics, you will reach that same number with a lower volume agent. You. It's I, not like agent. You. You can't be this ignorant. So basically, what you're saying is that. Steve Novak, because he shot 40% from behind the yard, despite the fact that he only attempted two threes, is just as good as Klay Thompson shooting four three-pointers. 
It's just, not even remotely what I'm saying because I'm telling you that I think a way bigger factor is shot difficulty. AJ, and, okay, that's, that's like saying Kyle Court. There's plenty of players who attempt wide open shots, but that even if and on top of no, that, but in the, in attempt, the example you gave, it's ridiculous because not only is Clay a better shooter, but I think what separates Clay more than anything is his ability to get open, and then on top of that, how quick his jumper is. Yeah, Steve Novak had a quick jumper. It wasn't Clay quick. Honestly, I'm watching these finals right now, and I'm really thinking to myself, if Clay Thompson isn't the second best shooter in NBA history, who is? So that's I mean, don't try and compare him to Steve Novak. Steve Novak was a sharp shooter, but he wasn't even a great top of the line number one shooter in this, the league for more than like a couple years. This argument that we're having is just so pointless because you're literally just sitting here telling me that you're saying a more player, volume means yeah, you're a better vo- shooter. Because that the majority, make any majority sense. of the time, yeah, because because majority of the time, the more shots that you attempt, especially when you consider fatigue is going to eventually play a factor into it, that means more likely your percentage will dip down because again, you're attempting more shots. Fatigue starts to settle in, and no, only, no. only what only, if you're a spot up shooter. Huh? What do Fatigue you doesn't really affect you. Yes, it if does. If you're a spot up shooter, no, it doesn't. If you're a spot up shooter, you don't have to handle the ball. You, you sometimes just have to sit in the corner, maybe run across the screen every once in a while. But you're how, many, get how, how, many, how little... many people are doing that though? There's plenty of players. You tell me there's no, no spot well, up no, no, shooters right no, now no, in no, these finals. No. How many how many players are spot up shooting while attempting as many three pointers as James Harden attempts? Nobody in history. I don't think okay, I mean, James so Harden that, is leading the I'm, league, right? That's what I'm saying. If you're if you're attempting that many shots, regardless of what type of shots they are, the Jesus more shots, you, the more I, shots you I attempt. I refuse to believe volume makes you a good shooter. That it just means you shoot more. If you have the same percentage, regardless of volume, it doesn't mean you're a better or worse shooter. There's other factors that will help determine that, but volume is not one of them. Let's move on, man. If no, I'll I'll finish on this. If if a sensor only attempts one shot a game, one three-pointer a game, and finishes the season shooting 50% from behind the arc. And Steve Novak, who's also a spot-up shooter, but he attempts two to three shots uh, behind the arc from on a game-to-game basis. But he shoots 40% from behind the arc. You're telling me the center that shoots one three-pointer a game and makes one every other game is a better three-point shooter than Steve Novak? Well, what if he's not in positions to shoot all the time? Like, the, that example... Let's move on. That doesn't make no, any sense. You're, no, you're not making any... If you, as you, long as you have a big enough sample size to tell. Like, as if it's... You know, sometimes where, like, a player only shoots once and he's 100% and then, oh... But if there's a reasonable sample size, then that's all that matters. You know, once you get past that, it's a law of diminishing returns. It doesn't matter if you shoot four or eight or 1,000. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, mean, his first year, for, for you saying sample size... Made one three pointer every other game. I'm literally using a, the same example I was just telling you about. Jordan Clarkson, his first year, made a three pointer every other game, shot 31%, and you're telling me that he was a good three point shooter. Don't look at his first year, my guy. Jay, Jay, but you're not going to okay, tell us right, his, how many minutes he was getting. <laughs> 20, you getting 25. What are you what are you talking about? Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, so, throughout his entire year career with the Lakers, made one three pointer a game while making. 33% from behind the arc. Lo, if you truly believe that... You think, because you James think, Harden you think Jordan shoots, Clarkson is a good three-point shooter agent, then we need to start having this conversation. We need to move on. Because he's, 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 he's not. I think he's a... He's not. a straight shooter, man. He's a straight shooter. No, he's if, not. If I kick a team in the corner, I have every expectation he'll, he'll hit it open. And I don't know why, because he's never been a corner three-point shooter. I, so, here's what... The whole point of me even bringing that up 
is to say those players like Clarkson, like Hood, they're not Kyle Korver. But if you're open in the corner, like they've been leaving players, by the way, I don't care how good you think the rotation of the Warriors is. When LeBron is driving, they always drop two, sometimes three players, and then it's beginning to rotate. The Cavaliers have been doing a good job of finding the open man, especially early in game two. And they find people in the corner. If you're that guy, you're supposed to hit it. And and they're not bad three-point shooters, or they wouldn't be on the court. Because, I mean, Ty Lue, I think I think he should know that the team needs some spacing. So that's all I'm saying is that I don't care if you don't have to be a, a fantastic three-point. You just have to be able to hit corner threes. And I'm getting to the point where I'm really believing that Previously, while I believed that LeBron James was at the core of all the problems, as fantastic as he was, some I'm, I'm looking at this team like, man, as as talented as, as it is on paper, these guys just cannot step up. And there's moments where they do, like how they demolished the Raptors, like how they came back against the Celtics. But for a large majority, you just look at this team and you think to yourself, until game two, low, the Warriors haven't even been playing well offensively. I was saying throughout the playoffs, this is the worst I've seen the Warriors in years. And they're still beating teams. Yeah, they were, they were, so they, were game, shoot, they were shooting like 33, 34% from behind the arc before the finals. They were shooting like really so bad. So this game two was the first time I seen last year's Golden State come back where they're just on fire. We saw both Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson play incredibly efficient. Even Stephen Curry looked like he was going to have an inefficient game, and then he ended up breaking the record for most threes in a finals game. I believe he had nine, and he just beat Ray Allen's record. And so if you're the Cavaliers, you should be so worried right now that the uh, Golden State Warriors have figured you guys out. And if you can't find a way to have the players in the corner hit their shots, then you don't stand a chance. Because the second they elevate and keep their offense at the level they had it in game two, it's over. Because that the reason I said it was a sweep, and the reason I said I knew the Warriors were winning from the start of the season, is because the Warriors in game two is what I expected all year long. And they've just kind of resurrected themselves. And here we have an, a huge blowout in game two. And although LeBron after game one was on the post, post-game post press, press conference talking about it's a new day. I don't know, man. I don't know if this is the new day you were talking about, LeBron James, but I'm trying to go back to yesterday when the when the Warriors were missing open, when when Kevin Durant didn't even look like a superstar out there. He was just playing incredibly inefficiently. Man, this, this is a scary team if they play the way they played in Game 2 again. And they're doing it without Iggy, if that's any consolation. It's they not, have enough All-Stars. That shouldn't mean much. But, I mean, and defensively, now, I mean, now they have Kevin Looney playing minutes, so it means something. It doesn't Shout out though. to JaVale McGee, by the way. Shout out to JaVale McGee. Coming out of nowhere, giving some valuable minutes to the Warriors. I, I love stories of players coming out of nowhere and being meaningful and, you know, and cementing their role. They get one chance to play, and they prove that he deserves to play more, and he gets that chance. Two, so, two-time MVP, right? I mean, two-time uh, champion, right? Uh, I mean, I thought you were going to say two-time Shaq and a full MVP. No, no, two-time, <laughs> two-time, uh, fi- uh, two-time champion, bro. He's about to win his second championship, oh, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Yo, weirdly enough, Lo, did you know? I mean, you know this, but I'm just bringing it up just so maybe you're like, wow, I, I haven't really thought about that. What a phase. Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas will be getting rings if the Cavaliers win. Say that now, again? that's crazy. Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas will be eligible to get rings if the Cavaliers win. 
Oh, that's a if, so, That's a huge if. They won't. But it's just funny that you didn't really have to do shit on the team. Isaiah Thomas was injured 99% of the time, and you could still be eligible for a ring. I'd take it. I mean, I'm not going to say no to a ring. I think it'd be cool to have in the house. Uh, but I saw it. I saw that on Twitter somewhere, and I, I was like, wow, that's such a weird rule. I get that every player contributes, no matter how little, to a team. But uh, you don't have no standards? <laughs> I thought that was kind of crazy. True, true, true. I am. I think. I think. Also, um, speaking of which, because I, I mean, at this point, we're probably going to see, um, the Warriors win. So that means that, um, what is this man name? The white. I mean, not, he's actually not. He's not white. I'm bugging. I can't remember. They You're released, racist, man. They they released them. They're going to say Warriors released them. I was talking about him on Twitter not too long ago, and I see his face, but I is can't. He white? No, he's not white. He's foreign. Ah, oh, I'm looking at his face too, and I can't remember what he um, what team he played for. Jesus, this Christ. why people hit me in my emails. He played. He played. He played for the Kings. He played. Man, what is his name? I don't want to look it up, but I might have to look, I'm look it, it up. I'm is it Mozgov? It's not Mozgov. No, 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 no. It is. Where's this man name at? This is why people hit me in my emails. What load is that? Uh, Omir, guys, we're gonna Omir, have our... Omir Caspi. Omir Caspi. He's gonna win a ring. Caspi was on the team this year. Yeah, he, he played fifty three games. He played majority of the um, season. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, man. Man, man's are ghosts out here. Uh, talking about players, I had no idea were on teams. You ever like watch a game of a team you never watch games of, and you just like find out players exist? There was um. There was a meme on the internet. Uh, LeBron looks like this, so his team could look like this. And they had a guy holding the trophy that I have never seen before in my life. I'm sure he doesn't touch the floor, and maybe he has a couple times in garbage time. Who said I, I was, was it? Was it Seti Osman? No, I wasn't. Osman gets a little bit of minutes. It's oh. it's a guy deeper in the rotation. Who killed No one knows who he is. No, no, no. Everybody knows. <laughs> Perkins, man. Come on, who doesn't know? For you, you see Perkins today? He looked like he was yeah, ready no. for a fight, man. Perkins about to be a coach here. That's what he look like. He about to be. <laughs> Who's he going to coach, man? I don't know. He about to go coach a, um, he about to coach a football team. <laughs> Co- a uh, high school football team. <laughs> coach uh, coach, uh, coach Perk looking like... um. That's weird that um ex-NBA players do that. Like, they're just... um, What is it called? They're, uh, they almost like just become like these coaches like on the sideline. Yeah, like Jamal McGlure does that for the Raptors since he retired. He's Canadian. The Raptors are like, hey, you want to be a big man coach? So for better or for worse, he's been helping players. Why would he be a big man coach? What do you mean? I mean, I need to fire him because yes. Valanciunas has just been trash. <laughs> I, he's been better this you didn't You don't think he improved this year? I think he did better this year. I like Valanciunas this year. Mm, uh, he's he's okay. almost even, let me say, developed a three-point shot. Which has been mm. interesting. Jamal Magamore definitely had that in his arsenal, right? <laughs> I don't think that was Jamal. That might have been the shooting coach. Uh, there's a lot of coaches to a team that never get credit, by the way, when somebody improves. It's always usually the head coach that gets all the credit. There's shooting coaches. There's developmental coaches. They have like, they have like uh, sports psychologists. I don't know if you'd call them coaches. But they have coaches up the ass everywhere you look. 
They have obviously trainers. And part of the reason why you never see NBA players work out, like, I would love to know how on earth LeBron is this durable, how he's so strong, what's his workout plan. PEDs, but his workout bro. plan. PEDs. <laughs> wow, look, he's going to go out there and say that. But his plan, low is, is worth tens of millions of dollars because it's, first of all, it's high science, right? They come out with all this crazy science. They're like, LeBron. Trust us, this study came out. They said this, this, and this. Yeah, just take, take this supplement. You take, take, take these pills. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You got it. But it's, I mean, it's obviously legal supplements. Can, can you imagine? Lo, obviously. I'm not going to. What do you mean? What are you trying to say right now, Lo? Spit I mean, it out. What, what, what do you, how do you know it's obviously, though? That's all I'm trying to figure out. Because why would, why would he threaten his everything he's worked for and his legacy? Well, to be fair, Lo, here's what I heard. Uh, from from the grapevine tree. Oh, you're, de- you're, you're definitely like. taking me serious, huh? <laughs> I heard that the NBA's drug uh, testing policies are a joke. Yeah, they are. Uh, and players, retired players, have actively been saying, like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I smoked marijuana all the time before games. And they're like, what? Now, you might think to yourself, who cares if marijuana is not allowed? And so if it was ever tested for and they caught it, they would they would be suspended for some games, and then of course if you get caught two, three, four times, then there's bigger uh, there's bigger suspensions that are going to be handed out. It's part of the reason why players like Larry Sanders just loved weed so much, decided that he wanted to stop playing in the NBA right 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 literally right after he got his big contract with the Bucks. Um, so you know it wouldn't crazy? be the craziest. You know what's crazy about Larry Sanders? He would be like the perfect. Not I want to say perfect, but he would be like. He'll be in a high commodity right now. Larry Sanders? Yeah. I don't think so. Because he came back in the NBA. He played for the Cavs, remember? I mean, well, he's he was washed. Ass. He was washed. That's why. Like, he, he, I don't think he was in tip-top condition to be in the NBA. But, like... I, I agree. Mean, it's like, I don't even know how he got a job. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, well, they kind of were being optimistic. He's a he's a skinnier big who's mobile, who's a really good run protector. But, I mean, once you're out of the NBA... I think you have players like that at the NBA right now, like Biombo. I know, that's, but what, uh, I'm saying, what I'm saying is he's a high... I mean, and Biombo got overpaid, right? So, what I'm saying is he's a high commodity yeah, in the league, yeah. so he would have got money. Yeah. But when you've been out drawing bullshit on a canvas and smoking weed, I mean, what what, <laughs> what type of shape you think he in? So, uh, I don't smoke, so I don't know, Lo. Well, I smoke. Do you, do you, do you? Oh, no, wait, what? Okay. Well, so, so you got to tell me because... I, I, don't, I don't smoke, Agent. Oh, chill. All right, all right. We're going to say hypothetically I do. So, what's what's the okay, question? Okay, so let's say hypothetically if you smoke. Cause I've, okay. I, when I was in high school, uh, I and even in college, I talked to some guys like, man, I, I, I smoke weed all the time, man. It's my fucking lungs. It's all weed. And I'm like, because I, I never smoke, so I can't... You tell me, if you smoke weed all the time, does it mess up, like... Your, your endurance? Because I was listening to retired NBA players talk about how they smoked all the time before games. I just thought to myself, that can't possibly be, like, fantastic for the lungs, can it? Hypothetically, of course. Yeah, hi- hypothetically speaking, I mean, hype, uh, hypothetically speaking, I didn't smoke enough for me to f- see that much effect. Because for you to smoke as much as an NBA player smokes, you would have to have NBA player money. That's so, a good point. So, 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 and I, you, you probably have the good shit too. Exactly, exactly. And on top of that, uh-huh. like you gotta, you gotta still function in everyday life. As an NBA player, you can just be in your house smoking all day and then go to go to gym, yeah. shoot a couple That's baskets, a and then, you know. But, but hypothetically, if I was of smoking course. weed, hypothetically, um, I know I, I wouldn't imagine there would be that much of an effect 
for an average person who just smoke weed like, you know, once every now and then, hypothetically, uh-huh. hypothetically speaking. So uh, for those who don't know, usually the only time in basketball we players get caught with PEDs or when they're coming back from injury. Uh, of course, growth hormone. Like, let's say you tear your ACL. It's difficult for your body to repair that just because blood isn't flowing through it as actively as it is in other parts of your body. And so some players use growth hormone or some sort of PED to, to help accelerate the recovery. Some players in other sports where it makes more sense, like baseball, might use it for strength. Um, but basically, from what I understand, it just shortens the time between when you can train. So you can work out at, at max intensity a lot more when you're on PEDs. Of course, I think the most recent person who's gotten caught, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <coughs> Sorry, man. I thought I got over the cold. <clears throat> but you didn't, though. You're just coughing in my ear. But go ahead, go. <laughs> I apologize. I usually mute the mic before I do that. It's Heydu Turkulu. Uh, <clears throat> oh, no. They, he got they, caught um, with... they suspended some people before then. I mean, after okay. that. After I don't that, know. After that. I don't remember. I don't remember who, but I remember Heydu got suspended for that. And I was like, damn, people use PEDs in the NBA? But and then I realized why they why they use it. Well, but you know, so crazy, and this is how I know it's a joke. It is so rarely discovered that people are using PEDs that you have that reaction that oh wow, people use PEDs in the NBA, which to me would be an obvious thing because whatever it, whatever advantages that you could have, you would obviously take them. But there has been so little people who've been caught with PEDs, and and being serious, I don't think that LeBron's taking PEDs, or at least there's no there's no hard obviously evidence, not. obviously. Yeah. But to me, I would think that it's extremely obvious that there's people in the NBA who are taking PEDs every single year, and so the fact that we rarely even hear it, and from my understanding, it is very random that they choose people. It's no like there's there's no consistency what I'm saying with it at all to make sure they stay off of the PEDs. I don't think it has to do with right. I think it has to do with frequency. It's not tested frequently enough. Or, which or, is or, weird, yeah, or, or frequently enough. I, from my, from what I heard is that people get tested two to three times the entire season. And, I heard it was less than that. And I and I heard <laughs> if if like let's say if it was your third time and you got tested in October. December and February, that means you're not getting tested for the rest of the season. So you can just be high off of PEDs and you'll be fine. Well, you wouldn't get high off PEDs. I'm just, it's a joke. Jesus Christ, agent. <laughs> yeah. Look at me, doing? man, being so literal. Uh, that's crazy, by the way. For a league that had such a serious drug problem in, in the 80s, you would think that they would take it more seriously. Especially like, Especially if it's harder drugs. Like, we... Come on, Lo. Some of these players are taking, like, crack. Like, there's no way they're not. I don't, I, like, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, Lo, well, listen I mean, to me. Lamar, Lamar Odom, Just but think I about it. I don't think... I don't think... I Just don't think know about it. I... I... They're millionaires. They're living the greatest of lives. There's definitely people whispering in their ear telling them to try some new shit. Yeah, try this out, bro. Just see what this is like. Listen, I get that pressure at a smaller scale. If I lived in, in these places and went to these bougie-ass parties, low, at least three guys in the NBA are doing that right now, actively, between games. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, crack is just such a hard thing. Like, 
don't, I don't know if like there's that many people who are just doing crack cocaine You're, like off to the side. Do you remember like in the eighties when that's, everybody that's the 80s, was on though. it? That's the eighties when it was more accessible, where it was more socially acceptable to some classes in some crowds. I, I just I don't know if people are doing that now. Like that's especially because there's, almost... there's some NBA players who come from a background with their family men, family members being on those substances and how they saw how they just broke up their families. I just I don't I don't see especially in today also in today's NBA, there's way more money involved, so there's much more to lose, even if you're a role player, than there was back in yeah, the Yeah, that's a good point. So Yeah. Uh weirdly enough, Lo, uh one person who I've I found out Andrew Wiggins' dad was in the NBA and I was like, what? So I searched yeah, yeah. him up and I was like, what? Andrew Wiggins' dad was one of, he was one of the guys that cracked. Man, what the fuck? Damn, man, that was crazy. Everybody was on it back. Anyway, um, apparently the NBA rarely ever tests. So, uh, whatever. If it helps him calm down, some of them said, like, if when, when they smoke weed, it helps him, like, get into the zone or, you know, like, there's less pressure. Like, if it's not affecting them negatively, let them do their thing, bro. Like, why are you, don't be negative, you know, start suspending players left and right for no reason. It's not like it's performance enhancing. You know, if that was the case, then we could talk. But it's usually just for mental clearance. And, uh, well, when you say it like that, it might sound performance enhancing because it makes it seem like, like uh, then what's wrong with Adderall? Or what's wrong with uh, Modafinil or any of these other I, smart I drugs? wonder, you know how Kevin Love, he has anxiety and, and he's like um, very oh, anxious. Yeah. I wonder if he smoked weed, would he be a better player? What? A, I bet you he probably does smoke weed, man. That's interesting. But we're, as we're talking about smoking weed, that must mean that the NBA Finals are just not that interesting because I, I'm, I just noticed that. I'm like, we're in the middle of the Finals. We're talking about smoking weed. Yo, I'm, I I'm, watched the video of, of three, and it was Matt Barnes. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that. Like, other I think players. It was like so, Matt Barnes, and Al, he said, Al Harrington, and... Um, he said hundreds of NBA players do weed. But that doesn't, that doesn't really surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you. That I is, mean, that it does doesn't surprise me. Well, it, it's a hundreds. That's a lot. So it surprised me a little bit. I didn't know. You think, you I think thought hundreds like, surprised you? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if, if it if, was hundreds of regular people, yeah. But you would think they're in the NBA, and you think there'd be some sort of regular testing or whatever. whatever. No, no. But not. No. But not. But not only is there not regular testing, you can just there's ways around to trick a drug test, especially if it's just a urine test. I, I would even. Nah, but, I would even go as far as saying that. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if it's if it's instituted and the league passes the responsibility down to the teams, that the teams themselves wouldn't be like, all right, we got got your drug test here. You've you been smoking weed, and they're like, yeah, man, I've been I've been on that shit, man. I've been getting high. So he's like, all right, all right, man, we ain't even gonna take you. We not even gonna take your piss, ayo. Hey, and they just like get a ball boy and have him pee into the cup. And they throw the ball boy a couple of grand, keep it that hush hush money, and keep it moving. Yeah, uh, I wish it was just legalized all around. I think it's crazy that alcohol is. Yeah, you don't even you normal. don't smoke weed, bro. I don't either. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't. I don't either. As a we just note. we just got done. Uh, yeah, allegedly, of course. Allegedly, we just got done talking <laughs> about inconsistency with the officials. I just think that's inconsistent. If if we if alcohol is fine, then so is weed. Is ridiculous to assume otherwise. Anyway, true, true, true. Uh, so wait, look, before before we move on, because I do want to ask you a, a slow question before we wrap up this podcast. So yeah. you got it. You got it. A sweep or five games? Um, see, that's a trick question because I don't know if the Warriors can continue to play 
the way they did play in game two, which is crazy to say because that's the Warriors we got used to seeing over the last two years. Uh, but it's, it's not I'm like it's say, not like the Cavs even the Cavs didn't even post up a hundred points, did they? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know how much I finished with. I stopped watching with three minutes left. <laughs> I was gonna watch the bum ass Rodney Hood play with Jordan Clarkson turning the ball over and shooting up air balls, garbage ass players. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know if I. It'd just be a guess if I had to go which way. I'll go five, just because I believe the Cavs will get at least one. They can't. They can't lose both. Home games that would be ridiculous. I think I think that what happened in Game One with that whole J.R. Smith thing and missing the free throws and that all that stuff was just so demoralizing that I don't I don't know how they're able to kind of get up, especially if if the Warriors come out and just put their their foot. They got 103 points. If the Warriors come out and they just put their foot on their throats in Game Three, I, I don't see how they could be able to muster up the, the strength to actually fight with them in game four. So I'm, so I'm saying sweep. I'm going I'm to say a sweep. Actually, I'm going to say a sweep. Low. I have a question. Uh, I left for like five minutes. I came back and LeBron looked like, uh, I don't know what he did to his eye. His eye was red as fuck. That, that happened. In, what? That happened in game one. Um, Draymond poked him in the eye in game one. Uh, on, on, it was on, on an accident. And then at the end of game one, it was kind of getting red, but I mean, obviously it's time progressed, especially because it seems as if it may. Um, I, I hope I don't want to say a blood clot, but I mean it definitely seemed like something. That's not a blood clot, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's why. That's why I had to pause. I was like, it's not a blood clot. I'm, I, I just sound like something stupid. As My that. brother had that happen to him last month. It is the scariest looking thing in, in person. He looks like a like a super villain, man. They yeah. zoomed in on it in the game too. I'm like, what? What did LeBron do? The whole chat was like, he had. You know, I'm not gonna say what the chat said. <laughs> wow. No, nah, yeah, he just he just poked he, he got his Chat. eye poked in um in game okay. one by Draymond. That's all. Yeah, he probably just popped a, a little vessel in his. Yeah, he his just eye. popped a vessel. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't know. I don't know if that's. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's affecting him, but I just don't know to the degree that it's affecting him. Nah, probably. it isn't. If, well, my when I asked my brother, I don't know how different is what LeBron had. It, you can't feel it. It just looks different, and I, apparently it gets better over time. Uh. Oh yeah, but yeah, I I, w- I would assume though, and when he got poked though at that moment when he got actually got poked by Draymond, that he could feel like the fact he just got poked in the eye. So I'm saying like at that moment, I don't. Oh, I don't you know, know what? I remember that exact play. I thought LeBron flopped at first. No. Yeah, no, no I remember that play in Game One. I just didn't know that's what caused the red eye. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. Okay. Um. Shout out to Draymond, always kicking people in the balls and poking them in the eye. <laughs> but that that was definitely like an accident. Like he would just like went up for a rebound yeah, and it just happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but when he went out, he even complained about that because I remember he he tried to follow the rule of verticality, but he almost threw his hands forward when he was defending, not upwards. And it was I don't know, it looked odd. It, like he was almost worried that he was going to get hit in the balls as LeBron was going up because it's the only reason why you would flinch your hands forward almost to protect yourself. Faces, uh, yo, shout out to um King of the Fourth Quarter because I do want to end the, the podcast on this because it definitely seems like we don't have much to talk about. Shout out to King of the Fourth Quarter. Um, actually, you know, before I do what this, do? um, you, well, you don't know enough about the draft. Cause I was going to say, what do you think about the Celtics allegedly? Oh no, man. You know me, bro. I watch college sports all the time. Wow. This, the Celtics allegedly train, um, trading up to try to get Mo Bamba. Oh, I could tell you all about that. You can't, uh, to the people out there who, who, <laughs> who wants to know my thoughts on it, at least, cause I don't think I'm going to make a video about it. It's interesting because. If Mo Bamba is the player that we that many people think that he is, which is the stereotypical, is um, that the guy wing, with the massive wingspan? Yeah, I think he has like a he borderline. 
I don't want to okay. say. I don't want to. Eight foot wingspan. Yeah, guy? I, I was about to say a borderline eight foot wingspan. I don't want to necessarily say if that's true or not because I've heard multiple numbers, but it's it's tall. It's longer than seven nine, so it's a ridiculous wingspan. Let's just round up. All right. Yeah. So if 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 he is who we think that he can be, especially if you put him in Brad Stevens' offense in the system, on a defensive end, what he should be able to provide you, he would he would be the the center that they would desperately need. How he, how much he's going to impact as soon as he impacts on the team is yet to be seen. But that sensor that they need, the mobile sensor that's a rim protector that's going to aid you on both sides of the floor, pick and roll, run to the basket. I mean, that's going to, I mean, that, that definitely can be his play. The only thing that I would, um, especially on pick and rolls, Aaron Baines this year, they, they, um, the Cavs did nothing but abuse him on the pick and roll. The one thing, though, that I will say about Bamba that is concerning is that when you're just adding that many young players in an offense that may come across as sophisticated as it has and how important he eventually will be on a defensive end, I don't know how quickly he'll be able to translate. Uh, Jason Tatum, I think he's a a little different outside of the fact that he's a really good um, rookie, actually a really great rookie. Um, Defensively, how much they would... I don't want to say depend, but how important the center is in that defense, which is a huge reason why Al Horford was so pivotal for that team on the defensive end with his ability to be mobile. I don't know if Bamba could be able to come in and do that immediately. It may be a transition that t- may take a little longer. However, also keep in mind, Al Horford, um, he, he will eventually be off the books because I don't think they're going to bring him back because I think by the time he's off the books, he'll be like 34. So I don't know how much he's going to want or how pivotal of a role he will have on the team by that time as well. But that, that those are just my thoughts on that. Um, shout out to King of the Fourth Quarter. He had a video today. Interesting video. I don't really watch that many King of the Fourth Quarter videos until recently. So shout out to King of the Fourth Fake Quarter. Fake fan, yo. That's crazy. It's, I never said I was, I never said I was a fan, but I definitely started watching. Wow. Recently. I never said I did. Well, um, I started I watching, I started watching so recently. What a face. I started watching recently <laughs> and, um, he made he had a um pretty interesting video, like a versus video. He had a Twitter thread. Shout out to King of the Fourth Quarter. Wait, th- didn't you have a versus series? No, a versus thread. He was basically res- responding to a thread on Twitter, where there's a whole bunch of players where many people kind of get hung up on who's better between the two. The first oh, one is okay. the first nice. one is Michael and MJ. Um, I said Michael and MJ. Michael and LeBron. You're obviously Jesus not you're Lord. you're obviously not going to answer that question. Um, so the first, so the next one is, wait, Curry. why wouldn't I, you're not going to answer that Curry and why, why, wait, 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 why wouldn't I ask? Why because I, I've, why? I've pressured you to answer that question multiple times. You're like, man, I don't know. And so I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. Um, Did I say it like that? I, so for some okay, reason, my bad, my, my bad, my, you, you said it like this, <laughs> man, stop pressuring me. That's how you sound. I don't, I don't remember it safe, but keep going, man. Keep going. Um, but the next one is Westbrook or Curry. Obviously, Curry, Curry. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, James Harden or Kawhi Leonard? Uh, wow. I'll go Kawhi. I'm, I'm going to go with Kawhi as well. Um, Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis? Kevin Durant. Same. Kyrie or Chris Paul? Kyrie. It's close, but I'm, I'm going to go Kyrie as well. Here's Here's the one I want you to answer, though. Jimmy Butler or Paul George? Uh, Paul George. It's Jimmy Butler. You're a liar. Uh, 
Clay, Clay Thompson or DeMar DeRozan? Clay Thompson. Yeah, it's obviously, it's obviously Clay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Dame or John Wall? John Wall. Why is that a question? That's that's something's getting too easy now. John I Wall. Know. I don't know. I don't know because I feel like what Dame did in a regular season, people are really focusing stop, on that. Stop. 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 But you, um, need, you need to compensate for Dame defensively. John Wall holds his own defensively. Ah, uh, John Wall. He has moments where he's trash on defense, but whatever. Um, no, no, Demarcus no, 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 Cousins. No, 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 no. Demarcus Cousins or Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, not even close. Woo! Demarcus Cousins is winning, or he actually or has already won that poll, seventy-seven to twenty-three. I have. Um, I mean, assuming health, uh, I would go with Joel Embiid. Not only is he more entertaining, he's going to sell more seats. This man he's a high not potential only player. Okay, let me let me let me make sure you understand. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'm just bringing up all. Say, the, I'm make, bringing up all sure. the other accessory benefits you would get with Joel Embiid. Uh, this but man I think said in the, accessory benefits. Oh my god! And and I know Demarcus has been shooting more threes recently, but I think Embiid's also a better three point shooter. Embiid just this has to be year. A bit more this consistent. year he wasn't. He wasn't even close. Uh, I'm going to go with Embiid as well, especially uh, just because of the, the defensive. Uh, he's a defensive abilities basically. Um, yeah. Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons. Oh, I'm gonna go with Mitchell. I might, I might actually go with Mitchell as well. I think you know the thing that really bothers me about a lot of NBA f- fans is that they just look at numbers without understanding the roles that players play on their team. And Wait, Lord, are you saying when Ben Simmons gets a triple double, that doesn't immediately qualify him as a better player? That's it's, it's not, it's not, not the triple double. It's just like his stats along, like across the board, like. Why would Donovan Mitchell, especially since he's like four inches shorter than him, maybe even more than that, but let's just say four inches shorter than him. Why would Donovan Mitchell be expected to grab rebounds when he's shorter than him and he he plays with Rudy Gobert? Like I just right. don't understand that. And then on the other hand, when it comes to ball handling, um, not ball handling, excuse me, assist numbers, Donovan Mitchell plays on a team where they have a, a much more free-flowing offense where it, it's not heavily dependent on one ball handler. And when it comes to scoring, I think Donovan. I think the difference between Donovan Mitchell and and um, Ben Simmons is significantly different. But I mean, I, I think it's close. I, I'm I'm just gonna lean towards Donovan Mitchell because if push comes to shove, and if you think that Donovan Mitchell couldn't up his assist numbers, just so I guess statistically speaking, it'll be a little closer. I think that'd be a little foolish. Um, Clint Capella. I agree with that. Clint Capella or Stephen Adams. Steven Adams. Is that even close? What kind of questions? I take Clint Capella. I think, I I think Capella is way too reliant on other players around him. I think you could put Steven Adams on any team and he'll find a way to be productive. Through what? Pick and rolls? Like, what are you talking about? I mean, that, he could shoot the mid range well. Like, no, he's, he's he not can. doing. He can shoot the mid range well? Well, yeah, he can shoot. Well, he can shoot the mid range. Yes, low. Yeah, that's what I said, man. Well, are you I sure just, you want to use that that term? Well, <laughs> yes, low. No, he what does Capella shoot. do offensively? He basically just hides the whole time. He just he on catch, top of he that, catches lobs. He he runs to on the top room. of that. I get I get that, but I'm that's why I'm saying he's reliant on Harden because Harden's the magnet. Capella's a horrible free throw shooter, man. I don't know what Stephen Adams' exact numbers are, but it cannot be worse than Capella's. So there's always a potential for hacking him too, especially in a playoff game like the Warriors tried. What was it in Game Seven? Or I don't, I don't know, know why. I don't know why they just keep didn't keep doing that. But I guess it didn't really matter because they eventually start missing their shots like they did throughout the entire yeah. season. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna go with Clint Capella just because defensively I think he's better. 
It's clo- to yeah. me. To me. To yeah. me, it's close. But I just think defensively, what you're going to get out of Clint Capella is a little better than what you're going to get out of um, Stephen Adams. And shout out to Clint Capella. I, I felt like he should have been. I mean, I guess I guess it's kind of hard to determine who's going to be defensive player of the year with uh, Embiid and Gobert missing a significant amount of games, and then you have Anthony Davis. Nah, it's but I Gobert. Feel, I hope. I hope that. Um, I wish that he would have been in that conversation, at least top three. But, but yeah, Clint Capella is definitely one of the better defenders. I'm, I'm gonna just go with um, Capella. But both of them are great rebounders. I know people are gonna be like, Adams doesn't average double digits in rebounds, though. He doesn't because <laughs> because Westbrook steals his rebounds. That's why. <laughs> That's, that's exactly why. That's why. The, he, the fact that he, he averages more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds just to let you know. Are you serious? Yeah, he does. That is great. I don't think that, I've ever seen that many, before. That's how many rebounds Westbrook steals from him. That he actually is at a point <laughs> where he averages more offensive boards than defensive boards. That means he would have like 16, 17 if Westbrook would just stop. That's crazy. He averages five offensive rebounds to his four defensive rebounds and still gets nine boards. That's ridiculous. That is. That's impressive. He would. He would. Eas- he would easily be. He might actually be. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, say I'm it. Might, say I'm it. I might have to, but I'm not gonna go all the way yet. Um, okay. Jalen Brown or Brandon Ingram. Jalen Brown. Yeah, that's, that's close. Jalen Brown. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> Jalen Brown. Um, Rudy Gobert or Draymond Green. Rudy Gobert. Lo, uh, in game one of the finals, I was I was developing a case for why Draymond may be a suspect defender. I saw him get beat on balls plenty of times. And I thought to myself, his rotations were looking weak. He was ball watching when he should have been moving to the next uh, player in the corner. And then next thing you know, Draymond is poking the ball loose at least half a dozen times. And I think he ended up with five steals. I just thought to myself, okay, all right, yeah, Draymond is a fantastic defender, but uh, yeah, so I, I was I was low key trying to see if I could build a case for why he might be an overrated defender, but he immediately and unequivocally proved me wrong. Still though, I wouldn't go with him. He's a good player. He's solid. Um, I just think offensively, he's so incredibly inconsistent. Plus, his three point shooting low has been absolutely atrocious. He's been in asked, these last couple. It's been it's been asked through the entire year, and no one really isn't talking about it. I'm going to go with Draymond, though, just because of his, his well-roundedness. I think that defensively, you're right. I would go with Gobert this season. Uh, he's been unbelievable. Especially How are you impact. saying that? I think Gobert is better both on offense and defense. I don't know about offense. I think I think with Draymond's ability to just be versatile, he's still a threat from behind the yard way more than Gobert is. And he's a ball handler. He can initiate offense. He's not a threat. He's not a threat. He's scared of taking those shots. No, he no, he trust me, he takes he just misses a lot of them. I don't know, I just that's not no threat to me, man. I agree though that um <laughs> there's been a lot of things that Draymond has done this season that's been extremely suspect to the point where I'll even go as far as saying this, to the point where I it, it surprised me that he actually made the all defensive team this year, because I don't think he should have made it, to be honest with you. When I was making Ooh. my all defensive team, I was kind of hesitant to even put him on there. And I feel like Especially when it comes to making all defensive teams, certain voters get lazy and they just vote in the same players every single year just because they're known to play defense. But if you actually watch some of them play, they're not as good as they used to be. Because Draymond this year definitely was not as good as he was last year. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying though. Um, this uh, this uh, right here to me, Gobert just has a massive impact. I don't know. I don't know how you can. I agree. I, 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 I agree with you though. I agree with you. Um, Bradley Beal right, or CJ McCollum. Easily Bradley Beal. 
Is it easy? I mean, I, I pick Bradley Brad, Bill is one Bradley of the best Bill's shooters in the NBA, man. I pick Bradley Bill as well. I don't know if it's easy though. For me, it is. I think if you just, I, I really hope Bradley Bill is traded off that team. I know he could prove himself the way Oladipo proved himself on the right team, but the Wizards aren't it. Because every time I see him, man, especially uh, even even his brief moment this year in the playoffs, he proved it. That that dude can ball. He proved it when John Wall was injured and he wasn't playing this year, and everyone thought that team was going to fail and no chance they were going to make the playoffs. And then he proved it then too. That dude is a serious shooter. If you just give him, if you even low thought about giving him a magnet like Harden on the team, oh my god! Imagine the possibilities, man. Dude is ruthless. True, true, true. Um, to me, this is obvious, but uh, Nikolai Jokic or Al Horford. I'd say Horford. I'd say Horford too. They had the the vote is fifty nine to forty one in favor of Jokic. Really? After yeah. the playoffs? Yeah, I know. I, I would say Horford. Just simply, just off the fact of the defensive end alone, I would say Horford. Wait, when was the the list uh, made? Was it made before? This was this was made um, the second, and it ended. Oh, yesterday. geez. So this is like <laughs> recent. Um, Kristaps Porzingis or Carl Anthony Towns? I would go with Porzingis because I think he's a better two way player. Uh, he could also shoot the three. I know Carl Anthony Towns. I I don't I can't I don't know what Porzingis' exact number is. Carl Anthony Towns shoots like forty two percent, but it's on wide open shots. It's not a high difficulty what he's shooting. Plus, I think defensively he's you 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 kill me you kill me with that defensively the, the 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 defensive yeah, end yeah. yeah the defensive end is what it separates. All right, this should be really easy. Kyle Lowry or Kemba Walker? He's obviously Kemba. Uh, I don't right? think so. I think Kyle Lowry. I'm just playing. <laughs> it's Kyle. Let's say, it's man. Kyle. You know, you know the vote. I can tell it's not Kyle Lowry. <laughs> 70, 74 to twenty-six. Yeah, Yo, people Kemba. really hate the Raptors. They feel like some people feel like they they feel like they they the Raptors let them down because they everybody trusted the Raptors and the Raptors. Did, so it might just be people lashing out. But defensively, Kyle Lowry is worlds better than Kemba Walker. Offensively, Lowry is also a better shooter than Kemba Walker. Lowry, I think the only thing you can give Kemba, and I don't even know if he really gets it, is attacking the hoop, because Kyle Lowry does that. I know I, I, I would give him. That. I think his I think his ball handling is better. To ball get handling, to yeah, that's I'll give him that. Maybe well. ex, you can give him explosiveness I, too, uh, and just athleticism and stuff like that. But no, I, I agree with you. I think that um, I low key think, and I'm I'm not saying this just because I'm I'm trying to be that guy. But I, I think Kimba is now in the realm of where Dame was, where he's so underrated that he's now overrated, where so many people are like, oh, my God, just look at Kimba. Like, he's he's this and he's that. And, like, when you really take a step back, Kimba isn't, like, he's good, but he's not really, you know, he's not he's not there's that like, good. Like, he's, there's, a, there's a reason why he's, like, not a top five or even right. top seven. And dare I even say borderline not even a top ten point guard in the NBA. There's yeah, a reason why. That. Um, Mike Conley or I mean, I'm bugging Kevin Love or Blake Griffin. Uh, I'll go with Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love is playing like a shell of himself with LeBron James. He's a better player with if he got his own team or whatever the case. <laughs> what does Blake Griffin do, man? Like he's not a good three point shooter. He's not a good defender. He's just like a guy that's good on offense. And I don't see how he even fits in the NBA anymore. And you know it's crazy. I said the same thing, but it's it's relatively close. It's fifty two to forty eight. I got Kevin Love as well. 
Kevin Love, like you said, better three-point shooter. Both of them really don't show up on the defensive end. The only thing that Blake Griffin really has on Kevin Love is athleticism, which has dwindled down a lot due to injuries and playmaking ability, which I feel like is overrated for a power forward, especially when he turns the ball over as much as he does. But I think Kevin Love's a better rebounder. He spaces out the floor. I, and I think Kevin Love is a really good passer as well. It's it just not in the um in the sense of being a ball handler. And Kevin Love is a like fantastic that, so rebounder. Of, he, he Once in upon a time, he was fantastic in the low post. Uh, he's a good three-point I think, shooter. I honestly think he's still... I think he's still... Good in a low post. I just feel like they force him on the three-point line. Though. I agree with that. I would, if I had to choose a player, though, it would be Kevin Love. It would be Kevin Love as well. Um, Paul Millsap or LaMarcus Aldridge? Aldridge. Easy. Yeah, I would say Aldridge as well. Tatum or Kuzma? <laughs> Tatum. <laughs> Tatum as well. Uh, Lonzo Ball or De'Aaron Fox? Uh, Man, that's tough. I think... I got Ball. Of course you do. I don't know, man. I would probably go with Lonzo Ball too. Yeah, you know you would. Um, Jabari Parker, Jabari Parker, or Andrew Wiggins? Parker. Andrew right? Wiggins. No, it's Parker. No, it's Parker. No, not Parker at all. No, it's Parker. Uh, well, it's, you just well, hate Wiggins? Me, but it's, no, it's, it's not. I'm not. I'm not hating one. It's just it's a fact. Parker nah, is better. it's all right. Go ahead. And when when they're obviously when he's healthy, obviously. Um, of course. In their prime, this is a dumb question. I, I keep seeing this question too, and people have to really stop with this question because it's a really dumb question. In their prime, who's better, Kobe Bryant or Tracy McGrady? <laughs> I have no Please idea tell why me nobody people, voted for Tracy McGrady, man. Thirteen percent voted for Tracy McGrady out of get those guys off the people. internet, man. They you don't need to so be crazy? here no more. There is, mo- I've seen people <laughs> ask this question to other YouTubers. I've gotten this question myself. I don't know what was this infatuation. With Tracy McGrady, and I'm not trying to really be harsh either, but Tracy McGrady, he wasn't, he wasn't that, he wasn't that great of a guy that many people try to make him out to be. Never got out of the first round, wasn't the same defender as Kobe was, and when it comes to scoring for a good chunk of his career, he was not as efficient so, as Kobe. So, Lowell, who would you rather have, prime Tracy McGrady or prime Kawhi Leonard? I would have Kawhi. Okay, and Kawhi is not even at Kobe's level. So let's just end that conversation right there. You can think of plenty of play- I'd rather have a, a prime Chris Paul than a prime Tracy McGrady. I can keep going of players that I would rather. Tracy McGrady was a great, exciting player. People, I think, tend to maybe only remember the, the fantastic moments in his, I guess you could say, short prime due to his injuries. But yeah, to put him in the same realm as Kobe is insane. Larry Bird or Magic Johnson? I don't know if you want to answer that, but uh, Magic. Yeah, I'll say Magic as well. Is that, man? Shaq or Hakeem? Shaq. If we're talking about who's like the most skilled player, or I guess quote unquote who's best, the best, I, not I skilled, would, best. I would still probably say Hakeem, just going off of like his talent. Really? But if if we're talking like like career wise, it's obviously Shaq. I mean, it's, it's not even close. Yeah, we're talking about. Why would we, when we start talking about legends, begin to start talking about skill? I don't. Know, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just. I'm just. Well, when we when you're talking about, yeah, I guess you, you said legends. So okay, um, Patrick Ewing or David Robinson. Uh, I would say David Robinson. Yeah, David Robinson. I don't even think that one's close. I think they just put those guys together because they played near the same time. Um, Will Chamberlain or Kareem. Okay, I don't go back as far as we'll change. All right, I'm, we'll, I'm we'll, lost we'll, here. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Dirk or KG? Again, oh, this, that's a this good is, one. That's a really this, good this one. Is, this is the one where 
this is the argument where I keep hearing people saying, if we're talking about career-wise and, and their legacy as a whole, then it will be Dirk. But if we're just talking about who's like the better individual talent, player, yeah. it'll be it'll be Kevin Garnett. And I and I tend to agree. If we're talking about just strictly individual talent, it's KG. But if we're talking about body of work in their career, along with the talent that they have as well, I'm, I I'm I disagree Dirk. with you on that. If we're just talking about the individual player, I'd still go with Dirk. No, that his his inability on a defensive. But if we're end. talking about skill and his, we're talking about his, footwork, the fact yeah. his his his, his <laughs> inability to show up on a defensive end. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Carmelo or Tim Duncan? It's it's obviously Tim Duncan, of course. Um, here's another obvious one: Steve Nash or Jason Kidd? Obviously, Jason Kidd. Steve Nash, but it's, it's Jason Kidd. Um, that's it's easily Steve Nash. It's Jason Kidd. It's uh, Ray Allen or Reggie Miller. Obviously, Ray Allen. Ray Allen, without a doubt. Yeah. Dikembe Mutombo or Ben Wallace? Ben Wallace. This is interesting. Is it that interesting? I'm going to go with Ben Wallace just because I think he was a little bit more versatile on a defensive end. Yeah. I think the only thing I could nag Ben Wallace for is, uh, is his free throw shooting. Aside from the well, and he couldn't shoot threes. Even from the mid range, he was really sus. Well, he really Matum- can't do Matum- shit on Matum- offense except Matum- slam Matum- the ball really down. Did, like Matumbo really didn't do nothing on offense either. He had he had a little a low post, but that was largely because he was just t- significantly taller than a lot of players he matched up against. Um yep. But Ben Wallace, his, his ability to be way more mobile on a defensive end is why Ben Wallace probably. is like a. Im- a very better version on steroids of Kenneth Freed. He's what Kenneth Freed should have been before he fell off. Oh, you you see, he's supposed to get traded, right? Finally, yeah, no right? one's gonna want. No one's exactly. gonna want him. No one doesn't want him. Yo, he went from in. Oh, he's on the come up to he don't get no minutes no more. I heard like I, he ruined never, all his relationships. I, on his I team. never, I never thought he was gonna come up. But Mans thought he was gonna be on the All Star team, low. Oh, that, that's what Mans thought. I'm not. A, I'm not Mans. And Mans, uh, I'm telling you what Mans were saying, my guy. That's, that's what, what, what they, they were saying. saying I wasn't saying it at all. Yeah. Iverson or D Wade? Iverson. No, you're playing. That's crazy, D Wade. That's crazy. <laughs> I Maybe I, I, I said that out of emotion. I'm like, how could it not be? I? It's D Wade. It has to be D Wade. I was look. I was about to. I was about to say, bro, I gotta make this video right now. Because <laughs> Loki, I'm starting to hear people say that Harden is already better than Wade, and I'm like, y'all, y'all lost your mind. Y'all have lost your mind. Um. John Stockton or Isaiah Thomas? I don't think you go this far back. I do. Uh, that's tough, though. Is it though? I'll go. Mm, I'll go Isaiah Thomas. It's obviously Isaiah Thomas. John Stockton is white. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing, yo. For people out there, <laughs> I'm not associated uh, with you no more. He's racist, <laughs> yo. John Stockton is winning that fifty-eight to forty-two. That's ridiculous. Isaiah Thomas is obviously better than John Stockton. Um, it wasn't obvious for me, but it all right, is obvious. Here's another one that's crazy to me: Jerry West or Oscar Robertson. And I know you don't go this far back. To me, it's Jerry West, and he's white, so you know that's how serious I am. Let me chill. Oh, out. look at you, man! Jerry, you sound like you sound like the the racist Republican senator, my guy. Come on, bro. Wow, well, come on. Jerry, to me, yeah. to me, Jerry West. I just I don't know. I just don't see how people don't. I don't. I don't know that. To me, he's just. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like the whole triple double thing at this point is starting to be exposed, especially with Westbrook. And not necessarily saying that Robinson was out there like going after stats, but I've seen documentaries 
where people have said very similar things about Robertson that they say about Westbrook, about how he held the ball way too long and how he was just dribbling so, a little bit. I've heard those well, things. Do you remember uh, how many teams were in the league when Robinson was uh, uh, Robertson was playing? Like, well, I was. I, know I, think probably... I was only I was only eight around that time, so my my memory is kind of okay. So that's because I'm saying because if Jerry West made the finals nine times and that's one of his accomplishments, then it, it can't mean that much if there's only eight fucking teams in the league. But Robertson, like but, but, but Oscar Robertson didn't make it. He didn't make it that many times. No, I'm saying Jerry West. No, but you saying it can't be that important. However, Rob, Oscar Robertson didn't do it. I I get that, but I just think it's more than the individual player. I think it has to do with the teams, but it's way more challenging. I think even though LeBron loses a lot in the finals, it's way more impressive what LeBron's done in the finals. Just just in his ability to get there, even if the Eastern Conference is easier, then I would say if I don't know enough about the teams in that era. But my guy, if there's eight fucking teams in the league, your odds are a lot better, just statistically speaking. I mean, but, regardless but again, of, but again, it's that. But you can say the same thing about Oscar Robertson and his teams, but his teams didn't make it. A, B, it's not like Jerry West numbers were trash. Jerry West has years where he's thirty plus points, seven assists. Um, he has seven six assists and seven six rebounds. Like it's it's not like I mean if you're if, you're, if we're saying that would you say he's between, a top twenty five player? Jerry, to me, Jerry West is like a top 15 player. Oh. You said you wouldn't even put uh, Stockton in your top 50, right? No, I wouldn't go that. I, I I have to re. I have to look at it a little bit closer. I want to see what your list looks like now, man. <laughs> but still, but Jerry, Jerry West is, I mean, if we're, even if we're just talking about like individual accomplishments, his numbers as an individual, yeah. like even his numbers as an individual is remarkable. And he has... His accomplishments as well. Like, no, like, Jerry West is legit. He's, he's legit. Um, This right here was way... Oh, no, I skipped one. You probably don't care about that one, though. This right here is way too close, though. Julius Irving or Scottie Pippen? Julius Irving. 56 to 44 for Irving. That is way too close. Scottie Scottie Pippen was nice, but he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't he the wasn't first that, option. He nice. was not, yeah, he wasn't that good. He was not that good. And finally, you know what it was? That's probably MJ haters. Like, you see, Scotty just carried him. When Scotty left the team, when when, when Michael Jordan left, and Scotty was there. That's the nice arguments they make, man. Again, Scotty Pippen is one of the most overrated players in NBA history. Um, Carmelo Anthony or Paul Pierce? (laughs) I don't know why I laughed at Carmelo. My bad. Uh, Paul Pierce. I actually picked Carmelo. I wouldn't, because ever since he went to the Knicks, he's been bad. Yeah, but Pierce had a good stretch in his career where he was bad. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't ever bad. His team was bad, but he was playing well. Oh well, the, if you're talking about, if we're talking about statistically, I'm just talking speaking, about his him him, not his no, team. No, but, but if we're talking about statistically, if we're talking statistically speaking. Um, Carm, or not, I was say Carmelo. Malone. Damn, I'm bugging right now. Carmelo, Car- Carmelo, Anthony. Carmelo yes. Anthony. His better years was actually with the Knicks. Yeah, because he was like the one guy on the team when he had Iverson with the Nuggets. He was like he had he had to distribute a little bit. His usage rating wasn't as high, but, but he when he was with the Nuggets, he was still putting up. He was my really second favorite players. player in the NBA, man. After I don't Kobe, know why. I don't then. know why because he was trash. He was, back then he was too. so exciting to watch. Him uh, and Paul Pierce have always been trash in my eyes. Let me chill <laughs> out. Let me chill. Let me chill out. <laughs> um, I, I just rather have Paul Pierce. I think Carmelo is more talented, but uh, I just think 
he hasn't been able to keep that up for long enough in his career for me to choose him. I know for a fact that you're going to pick what I think you're going to pick. So Kobe or LeBron. Wow. Can I be biased? Can I be, can I be biased? It's it's your answer. It is your answer. All right. Let's just say low. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. That I want one player on my team. It's my team. And, uh, I need one player to build around. My team, no 2K? Let me chill. Headass. I would choose LeBron. Oh, there you go. I want to choose Kobe, but I think there's a lot of things. Like, he's just a... People keep saying he's a horrible teammate. I hear stories of him coming to practice, talking shit to players, and then he would drop him off and get the fuck off my court type shit. He really would say that to players on his team, and they would just have to handle it. So if I'm building a team, it's with LeBron. Plus, um... Unlike Kobe, and it's tough to hold this against him, but Kobe was getting injured every year. It was a new injury. LeBron has been super healthy, and in his 15th year, was he's it, playing. It wasn't, it wasn't every year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> every year, low. One year is the finger. Make, one year is the knee. One year is the you foot. Make this, you're making it seem like he was like a, like, he was just like. He was playing prone. through them. He was playing through yeah, the injuries day to day. It wasn't like a massive injury to where he had to sit out or something like that. Nah, I think the first massive injury he had was like uh, the one against the Warriors right before the playoffs. Massive. Oh no, he 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 had a oh yeah, massive to that degree. But he had another one where he only played like like fifty games during the regular season. Um, but the yeah. last one though, prime in their prime. You didn't give your answer by the way for that one. Oh, LeBron. Um, okay. Prime in their prime. In their prime now. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Derrick Rose. <laughs> you can say something stupid. Or <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna say nothing stupid. Or Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas, man. And you know, you, so team crazy. Leader, you know it's so crazy. People are going to think that we're hating, but I'm going to say the exact same thing. If we're talking about in their prime, before injuries... People don't Gilbert, remember Gilbert. That's the problem. Gilbert, but no, I think people overstate how good Derrick Rose was. Bro, Gilbert Arenas, bro, especially if we're just talking about talent, right? he, he, he laps. He laps this man Derrick Rose. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, uh, when he was, especially when he was on the Wizards, uh, if we're talking about his prime, he never had a good team ever. But his ability to consistently drop buckets at a high degree, he was a fantastic scorer. He was even decent on defense. But more importantly, man, low, I can't, I can't, I've never seen a closer in my life like Gilbert Arenas. The closest thing I've ever seen to him is Kyrie Irving. So we're talking about, if we're talking about closing games, you want a guy on your team that's gonna help you win? There's no better person to look at. Uh, we Derrick Rose had the MVP. Uh, he was incredibly explosive. His mid range game was nasty, you know. But uh, that's, not, only that, that's not, not only that. You know, what's so crazy because people tend to forget all this about Gil- Gilbert as well. His three ball, like I know people think about like the half court shot, and that's true. But his three ball for that time, like like the mid two thousands. For him to be attempting seven to eight three pointers, he was attempting with, seven to eight. Yes, with, with I didn't even know with, that with today's efficiency, not like shooting seven <laughs> to eight with like thirty three percent from behind the yard, like it was acceptable back in the two thousands. Shooting seven to eight three pointers while converting somewhere between thirty five to thirty seven percent from behind the arc, that's comparable today, and he was doing that back then. On teams that, like Agent said, 
there really was I mean, you, you might be able to point out to like Antoine Jameson and, and a defender and Larry Hughes, but that's it. And even and even those two used to miss games due to injuries. That man Gilbert Arenas, bro, that He's one of my favorite players of all time. It's yeah. it's tough, bro. I mean, I know y'all think we hating, but let's keep it a buck. I I don't know. I don't know about like that man was. So playing. why is that? Why is that when a player like Gilbert loses his career to to injuries and he even got amnesty? Like that's disrespectful, though. You get one amnesty for ten years, and team spent it on Gilbert Arenas. It was either the Grizzlies or the Magic. I forgot which team did it. Uh, why is it that we don't really see Gilbert in like the two three year period where he was in his prime before everything fell off with the gun and everything? But we see a player like Tracy McGrady in his prime. And then we extrapolate his performances to a degree to to the point where we start to compare him to like Kobe Bryant. Nobody's comparing players yeah. like Gilbert Arenas to. We're not comparing him to, to, to Magic Johnson, right? We're not. We're not. We're not that reckless, you know. We understand I think, he's a. I think. I think. Well, with um, what's his name? I think it's a little different because T Mac played longer. Like he had a longer career. He a longer prime. Excuse me. Well, he probably had a longer career as well. But he 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 had a stretch of like seven to eight years where he had a body of work that was undisputable, whereas Gilbert Arenas only had a three-year window. However, though, I, I still agree with you because, quite frankly, Derrick Rose only really had a three-year window, and people still embellish what he did to the point where when people are hearing us talking about this right now, people really don't understand who Gilbert Arenas was, but trust me when I say Gilbert Arenas giving you nearly 30 a night, shooting 30, 35 to 37% from behind the yard, attempting eight three-pointers during that time period, which was unheard of, while still shooting 43 to 45% from, be, from the field. Bro, if we talking about just straight up skills, and I would even dare to say even like the impact on the team as well. I know I know the um Chicago Bulls, they won 60 games, XYZ, People tend to forget who was on that team because it was it was a straight squad. It was it was a pretty good squad on that team, along the fact that Thibodeau at that time was viewed as, and he was one of the better defensive minded coaches in the NBA. But if we talk about like strictly one on one, bro, I really don't know if that many, I don't know that many players who skill wise, talent wise, and he was getting to the free throw line like nine, ten times a game, bro. That's impressive. That's some James Harden numbers right there. I'm gonna say, if you really sit back and you think about it, if I, you know, so crazy, I should probably do this on Twitter. If I were to just put these numbers up, I don't know why. Why don't people play the whole what if game with Gilbert Arenas the same way they do with um, Derrick Rose? That's a good question. I saw somebody play it with Draymond Green today. They put oh a stats there, like, Stop. is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> but the whole, but I'm, what I'm saying is like the whole, like, what if he never got hurt? kind of scenarios where they kind of just and I guess I know I mean, maybe because again D Rose is on a better team so you could assume that he would see a lot more success compared to Gilbert who was on those Washington Wizard teams that really didn't have that much talent but I don't know man Gilbert Gilbert was on Gilbert was on that stuff man just watch a compilation if you're not familiar with him of Gilbert buzzer beaters man was so confident the thing like Nick Young popularized a couple years ago where he looked away from the net. Gilbert did that shit in the 2000s where he would throw up a game winner, just turn around and walk off the court. He knew he was going to drop the second it left his hands. 
And he never got memed once because every time he did that shit, it dropped. No, he His, got he, he got he got meme before he did. But go ahead. Keep nah, going. he he didn't get meme. Which I haven't seen one meme of Gilbert Arenas, my guy. Because no, I me. no, I vividly I don't I don't know if I can find it, but I do remember like he looked he looked away and he kind of kind of winced back and he missed. No, I, I do yeah. remember that. I think uh, Stephen Curry is like the the second coming in terms of like three point shooting of like just limitless range at Hall of Fame. Putting up buckets. This, uh, bro, don't don't dare say he's the second coming of anything about three point shooting. He's the best. He's the. I mean, first yeah, that's coming. what I'm saying. He's like the, he's, he's like he the, sets a whole nother standard. Second, yeah, coming you see what I'm saying? Shoot. Like he's the better version, yeah, right? You see what I'm he's, saying? Yes, yeah, so he's a whole nother level. Don't even. Don't. Did you do know that, that Stephen that Curry was originally made, a Raptor? I don't know. I didn't know that, that shot he made today. Yeah, man, that shot was ridiculous, bro. That's that yeah, shot, that was. Did that you know? Because because Del Curry used to play for the Raptors, right? Stephen Curry used to wear his uh, little Raptors jersey with the with the Raptors. You know the, the oh, that's what you say. To... I I, th- I thought you were to say like the pick was traded from the Raptors or something <laughs> nah, like that. No, no, no. So we we're gonna talk about Stephen Curry, man. He he had that jersey on. He was hooping in the Air Canada Center long before he was oh, even in the NBA. My God. That's crazy. Just think about it, though. Let's say you're watching a game in 1997. The Raptors are playing. Uh, uh, Why actually, would I, I be watching the Raptors like in 1997? Okay, let's say it's 2000. Uh, the Raptors are playing. Just think about how, like, little Steph Curry, nobody knew he was going to be this great. But he was there the whole time. And that's, that's just this crazy. Just, you could see all the potential just shining in him, man. And then he, here he comes in the NBA, greatest shooter of all time, breaking all kinds of records. He needs to leave at least some records for Ray Allen because he is wiping the slate clean, my guy. He is taking them all home. I don't know. If, do these come with trophies? Like, does he get a trophy at his house or is it just like... I don't know. Like, is it just a record? I know you did not just sit here and say, does he get a trophy? He needs a trophy for, for that. And, no, he doesn't. He doesn't get a trophy Most three-point shots in a game no. in final six. That's, that's a trophy. He doesn't get a trophy for setting a record. Like, let's let's wrap this up because you're bugging right now. That's not... So you're saying setting an NBA record in the NBA finals is not worthy of a trophy? They don't get a trophy for it, yo. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that. That is... That is... We need to talk about that. There's some, there's some statistics that deserve trophies. You got to send out a trophy. And then once it gets beat, you got to take the trophy back. Unless the guy passed away, because you can't really do that. That's, that's just disrespectful. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can't take a trophy away from a dead guy, man. What, he got buried in it? What you saying? He got buried with it? What are you saying? No, it's just it's just mad disrespectful, my yeah, guy. You can, you, you, can, you can take a trophy away from somebody who died. Nah, unless the person did like PEDs and you're like, ah, you didn't deserve him. Then maybe, but you're not taking it. He, 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 you know, he just knows his, his trophy is no longer... Relevant. It's obsolete now because somebody else has a new trophy. Anyway, uh, well, before we end the podcast, I have one last question we should all ponder on. Uh, Mark Jackson probably gets really pissed off when the Warriors are doing well because he feels like he grandfathered that team. And uh, if I'm Mark Jackson doing the broadcast, watching the team that I used to coach win championships, I feel like I would. I feel some type of way. You know, he feels some type of way. I see him talking about Clay sometimes. He's so durable. Even when I coach, he keeps calling Clay durable. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Anyway, shout out to Mark. Jackson. I think I think he does that because I think he believes not enough people appreciate Clay because he's, he's right, probably though. he's probably seen Clay. I mean, not probably he has seen Clay up close and seen the progression. And to give credit to Mark Jackson, he is the one. And the same thing with Draymond, who implemented the defensive intensity with that team, and he's the one. Who put who start putting Clay on the opposing team starting guards or point guards 
instead of Curry because he obviously knew the strengths and weaknesses for the team. Those are things that obviously still make up the team, but in my opinion, those are things that separate the Golden State Warriors from everyone else, even more so than the three-point shooting because there are definitely moments and times where they're not knocking down their shots as as team goes through slumps. Um, But as they go through their slump, they can still rely on their defensive intensity. And Klay Thompson... And especially because, you know, there's only two all defensive teams and I don't know why that is. And that's something they, they need to change. I don't think he'll ever receive the recognition on for his ability on a defensive end that he that he should, quite frankly, because I definitely feel like he's one of the better defensive perimeter players in the NBA. But he just he just doesn't receive the credibility. I mean, excuse me, he doesn't receive the um the accolades and the praise, in my opinion, that he should. And so I think that's the reason why um, Mark Jackson always compliments him, but he is right for durability speaking. If you're, if you think about these last four years, since they've gone to the finals every single year, this is the first time as he's been questionable for game two before the series started, or excuse me, before the game started, that's the first time he's really been questioned if he, if he's going to play a very pivotal game, but all the times when Curry has been in and out of the lineup at the end of the season, heading into the, um, postseason clay thompson is the one who's been there stepped up offensively for them and i think even though curry again is extremely important and great to the team if clay thompson were to go out i i don't know how you could really find somewhat body to replace him because if P- y'all thinking nobody, that, nobody if you thinking that iguadala because i'm starting <laughs> to hear people like oh my god iggy's out bro just imagine if clay thompson went out there's no way. So, yeah, I understand what he's saying because definitely over the last four years, Clay really hasn't missed that many games. He's been there for almost every single important, if not every single important outing that they had and they needed from him. And he showed up on almost all of them as well. So, I mean, there, there's nothing that you can say bad about Clay. But, and this is the reason why context is so important. I already know this is going to happen, unfortunately, five, 10 years down the line because people are doing it right now. How people are just disrespecting Clay and claiming that, well, we don't really know how good he is because he doesn't lead his own team. And it's like, bro, shut the hell up, bro. Just shut up. I did see a moment uh, in game one where he was, because he rarely ever dribbles. He's usually working off ball, where he had to dribble for a little bit. And then the ball got poked loose. And then uh, one of the commentators brought up Clay, who's not used to being, uh, having the responsibility to dribble or whatever. And I'm like, ooh, that's not a good look right there. But just generally speaking, yeah. He, I, you could even argue maybe he's a system player because he relies heavily on movement and screens, but that's not a system. That's just basketball. There should always be movement and screens to help that, that's shooters get say, open. I was about to say the same thing too. I don't. People are saying like, if he was on another team, well, how would you run? How would you um? How would he function as the first option? You would just do the same thing. Just run off all screens. That's that's just how basketball works. That's how a lot of teams run their offense is through off ball screens and player movement. It's if not you ever like get the a Warriors, chance. Go ahead, go. To just watch Curry or Clay off ball during the possession, even when they pass the ball, they they sprint to the next spot. I was about like, to say he did that. Curry did that today where he passed it. I think it was to Draymond or somebody, and he immediately sprint back to the corner, pump fake Larry Nance, and made the three. Yeah, Steph Curry's yeah. a problem, bro. Curry's a problem. <laughs> he is, bro. He is. All right, and, man. Go and ahead like you said, and like, and before the... real quick, and like and like you said, he sprinted. Uh, not jogged. He sprinted back. It Statistically speaking, if the faster you get back to the three point line, the better your odds of being open. A lot of people think when you pass the ball, like you're you're good, you're relaxed. No, 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 no. You need to sprint, my guy. 
If you get back to the three-point line, use an off-ball screen, maybe two, get some flares, get some options, maybe a guy off the screen cuts. There's so many opportunities. I wish more teams ran like that. It's such a fun way to watch basketball. It's, it's just it's, it's a basketball fan's dream to see a player that fluid, uh, an offense that fluid and offense so fantastically uh, efficient, let's put it that way. But you also need incredible shooters to make it work. Imagine uh, Jordan Clarkson coming off these screens. <laughs> Shooting some bricks, bricks. <laughs> Yo, shout out to my um my highlight player to pod, J.R. Smith. He's in a running for um Wow. He's in a running for finals MVP, bro. He's wow, really doing okay. he's doing it for the Warriors, man. He clutch rebound and possession in game one. And then tonight he just doesn't show up for the Cavaliers. He's going to win. I think he, he I think he has a really good chance of winning Finals MVP for the Warriors, man. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it to Javel McGee, who proved. I love it when players can prove themselves, and he did. Hopefully, he continues to do it throughout the playoffs. He's giving them good minutes, and uh, with Iguodala out, you, you might be thinking who's gonna take the minutes. And uh, I hope Javel gets a good handful of those. And with that being said, people, I did not give this podcast a nickname, and I'm definitely not going to do it now. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. You should be embarrassed of yourself. Peace. Are you happy? Oh, yeah.